Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. Quick reminders, as always, ways you can listen to the show. Download the Parents on Demand app. If you are not listening right now with your Parents on Demand app on your Android or iOS device, go download it right now so you can listen to the show as well as all the other shows that are a part of the Parents on Demand family. And ways you can get in touch with us, connect with us, there are always links in the show notes in the description. So check that out for how you can connect with us, follow us on social media, reach out to us, join our private Facebook group. All of those things are there for you. So make sure you check that out. And of course, as always, the swag shop where you can get your shirts, your tanks, your sweatshirts, your hoodies, your tees, all the things are there for you. So go check that out as well. And let's see. Happy October. Also, throwing that out there because we are big fans of October and all things Halloween here in the Bivens household. And we have been decorated for a while and more will be added and there will be pumpkin patches and there will be haunted houses. And it's just really awesome. We're really excited. So hopefully you are too, or you're celebrating, or if you're that, if that's your thing that you are, uh, you know, in, in the spirit of it, you know, with us. So anyway, (laughs) uh, today's episode is awesome, like all of our episodes. I'm really excited to bring Sarah Bodie onto the podcast. Sarah is a fellow podcaster. She is the host of the Raw as a Mother podcast, which I had the honor of being interviewed on. So I have the link to that episode where Sarah interviewed me in our show notes in the description. So you can check that out. And I highly suggest listening to both conversations because it's really cool to be on both sides of the interview podcast process. And we get into, you know, different types of conversations. But we got to talk to Sarah, or I did, about her birth experience and birth journey and how remarkable it is and beautiful and magical and the challenges with it as well. So Sarah is the mother of four. She's a wife. In addition to being a podcaster, she's an author and a coach. This is a 
one badass mama. And after a PCOS diagnosis and chronic illness, she was told she wouldn't even be able to have children. And so now here she is with four healthy children. It's a really inspiring story. And Sarah had three natural hospital births. And after her third, she really felt moved and inspired to move into home birth, particularly due to some of the aspects of birth and postpartum trauma that she experienced. And her third birth really being the catalyst for moving into the home birth process. So that's what we get to hear about. And then we also learn a little bit more about Sarah and her amazing work that she's up to. So let us welcome Sarah Bodie to the podcast. Quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll hop right in. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Sarah. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? Doing great. So grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Same. The The gratitude is mutual. I'm excited that we've connected in other ways, in other spaces, which, um, you know, I'll, we'll share with listeners because I've had the pleasure of being on your podcast. And so now we're doing this <laughs> and we just, we've gotten to hit on all ranges. I feel like all manners of topics. So I'm excited we're adding this one to the mix. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm so excited. And it was such an honor to have you over at Raw as a Mother and just to hear your story and, you know, just connecting the dots between being an orgasmic mother and birthing babies at home. So mm. I'm really excited to share today. Yes. Okay. So kick us off with a little bit about you. Share with us who's in your family and what you're up to. Sure. So I'm a military spouse, um, been married almost 14 years. We have four beautiful miracle children, um, slight background. I was told I could never have kids, severe PCOS, tons of chronic illness as a young adult. Um, So I'm very much into organic living and holistic motherhood uh, because of those four babies and um, had three of them naturally in the hospital, our last born at home. I'm the founder of the Raw as a Mother brand. So podcaster, author, and professional coach, um, and we homeschool. So <laughs> life is very busy um, and very beautiful. So I love that. I love how you say, you know, busy and beautiful. I think just with that addition of beautiful, you know, you allow for that space and that context of that it's all, and you imply the gratitude in it as well that yes it's busy you know that's something we've worked on in our lives over here too at the Bivens household is you know we have a tendency to look at our schedules and stuff and say that we're very busy and and this and that and we've kind of 
uh, shifted that to say full and and whole mm-hmm. in the sense that, mm-hmm. yes, there is a lot going on and it's what we've actively chosen, right? Like we at any yeah. point can steer the ship however way we want. Um, so mm-hmm. I love that you say it's like busy and beautiful. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I think um, sometimes motherhood in general and parenting, you know, gets that bad rap. We overschedule and then life gets really hard. And so just remembering that like, there is so much beauty um, and joy to be found in the mundane, um, you know, and, and the chaos really in the mess and reminding ourselves that like, this is, this is what we co-created. This yeah. is the destiny and reality that we wanted for ourselves. Yes. So. Yes. So before we get into talking about your personal experience and some of your birth journey, can you just touch on for a moment what, uh, for those who are interested in going and checking out Raw as a Mother, which we'll have links and everything at the end of the show and then in the show notes how everyone can connect with you, but what sort of topics, what sort of things you cover in Raw as a Mother so that anyone listening now can be like, okay, yes, um, I know I'm going to go check that one out. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I want to go hop over. Right. Um, absolutely. So the Raw as a Mother brand was really born out of isolation and through the, the my four birth experiences of realizing just how much care we as moms really need and how much we don't know with that first baby. Um, and, you know, the mom that tries to get out of bed and bounce back day one versus the laying 40, you know, laying in for 40 days. Um, and so I really just wanted to bring vulnerability and authenticity to the conversation around the motherhood culture, because I felt like I wasn't getting those honest conversations in my own real life. Um, and so Raw as a Mother, we talk about everything from infertility to healing to postpartum sex to birth stories a little bit, but we really tend to focus more on the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, what is she experiencing? What was her journey like? What was healing like? Uh, what is motherhood like now with small children or adolescent children? Um, and then we tie in resources so that way the moms can get connected because so many of us have these really beautiful fields of giving back into the motherhood community. And I think we forget that, right, that we can call on each other and rely on each other. And so um, that was how the podcast was born and the conversations that happen over there. Um, the book itself was really birthed out of coaching programs I've been doing for the last six years. Um, and it has a really neat layout. It's 11 chapters and each chapter is a category of life. So we talk about everything just like on the podcast inside the book um, and just bringing in paradigm shifts for moms of, Hey, maybe you haven't thought about it this way. Just like what you're doing with home birthing. Um, maybe women don't know that that's an option, right? Yeah. And just shifting the paradigm that this is safe and this is allowed. You don't have to bounce back. You can have sex after you have a baby. Um, you know, so just really talking about some of the, the other side of what our current society and culture says about motherhood. Mm. Um, so it's been, it's been a really beautiful project and I'm grateful every day to be able to do this work, um, and support moms in a way that, you know, I had really great support, but I was also desiring more. Um, and so just being able to pay that forward in the way that I would have loved to receive it has been a really beautiful and holistic healing experience for myself. That is incredible. I love that. That's awesome. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. So that, I feel like that's a great setup then for injecting some of your own experience and you. So can you set up the back you know, context, I guess, for how home birth entered your awareness? Absolutely. Um, so I had crazy PCOS health-related problems, and I really started on the path of organic living. Um, and we found out we were pregnant just like 10, 11 months into our marriage, which we were not expecting at all. I totally thought I had food poisoning. Um, and we were over in Germany and so one of the very first questions I asked was whether I could have the baby at home. Mm. And the answer was no, they don't do that over there. Um, it's illegal. And so then we knew we needed to birth in the hospital. And the Germans have midwives in the hospital. The OBGYNs really don't do anything um, except for draw blood, administer medicine, and a C-section if necessary. Mm. Um, and so... That was kind of just taken off the table right away for me. Um, so second baby comes around and we had our first, I should say, naturally in the hospital. Um, I labored a lot at home, was very fortunate to not really know how fast it was going to go. Um, so that was just a really, really beautiful birth experience. But I was in the hospital. I was on my back. Um, I was really restricted, but I thought that that was normal. And so baby number two uh, was a surprise pregnancy as well. And we were in Georgia at the time, you know, just went to a normal OBGYN appointment for my annual, found out I was pregnant, um, and which we were, you know, of course, elated by and so excited. Um, and doctors this whole time were saying, hey, this is your only pregnancy or don't expect to have another one or you need to terminate the pregnancy because of X, Y, Z. And um, don't expect the pregnancy to last. And so just a lot of really negative conversations around my pregnancy uh, for both babies. And because of my fast, natural labor with my oldest, Thomas, in Germany, the doctor in Georgia, even though he had midwives on staff, was very adamant about booking me for an induction. Mm. Um didn't want to have me on the side of the road, was happy to induce me naturally, stripping membranes, enema, water breaking, none of which are actually natural. Um, but just to progress the labor and I, you know, you know better and you do better. And I didn't know um, necessarily the, the inherent risks that came with those, you know, early interventions. 
Um, but I was very lucky to have a skilled midwife and the enemas were both Michael. And then our third child, I requested an enema because I saw how well it worked, um, really progressed my body and open dilation. Um, but with my second, my midwife broke my water and then she left. And that was terrifying because Michael came 29 minutes later. Um, and so all natural hospital back birth, same thing. Um, and so with my third, I was in a hospital. We thought that the early intervention, um, you know, like inducing labor was the way to go because we'd had that done and it was successful. Um, so with William, we were in Florida at this time. Like I said, military family moved mm. all around. Yeah. Um, and so with William, it was just two years later. So I had a good break between Thomas and Michael, but between Michael and William, it was just two years. And so my body, I really believe was quite tired. Um, and at the hospital, um, the doctor requested an enema and the labor and delivery nurse refused. That should have been like red flag. I want someone different right away. Mm. Um, because she started to hook me up to Pitocin, um, without a doctor's order. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Um, and so this is where like, it's not quite a trigger warning, but my birth story, this experience with William, um, is what really led us to home birthing with Elizabeth because it became very apparent that all three of my births, even though natural, even though beautiful, uh, were not mine. And I was not in control for any of them in the hospital. And so with William, uh, the labor and delivery nurse refused the enema. I had to give it to myself, which, of course, made dilation really easy. Great laboring was progressing nicely. Um, The doctor came in and broke my water. Uh, He did not have midwives on staff. And... Uh, he left to go perform a C-section. And before leaving, he told the labor and delivery nurse not to let me labor, like to progress my labor. Um, And so she laid me flat on my back. I couldn't breathe. Uh, She refused oxygen. She refused to let me get up. Uh, She threatened Sean with moving my, moving my bed for me to labor. And um, I couldn't roll on my side. I couldn't sit up. Um, and it was a really scary birth experience. Um, Sean finally like pushed her out of the way and went into the hallway, got the charge nurse, charge nurse came in, sat my seat up. William was born, like no pushing covered in meconium. Um, and I kept apologizing, Sarah, like this is the other thing is I think we as women are so indoctrinated with what birth should look like and that we should be silent and we should be peaceful. And, um, and I kept apologizing for being in pain to this labor and delivery nurse who was flat out abusing me, um, telling her, I'm sorry, I couldn't wait. (laughs) Yeah. The doctor came in and I kept saying, I was sorry. And Sean was like, why are you apologizing? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, was sent home, normal, normal stuff, was sent home even though I had a lot of bleeding. I went to their office a few days later, white as a ghost. They did not palpitate my stomach. They didn't do an ultrasound. They sent me home with iron pills and told me I was anemic. Mm. Uh, By Monday, I was 
I was pretty much like just a walking, you know, I don't even know what to describe it as, but Mm -hmm. I just couldn't function. And went in, they did do an ultrasound. My belly was filled with blood. I had clotted at my cervix, but hadn't closed and was bleeding internally and hemorrhaging out. (sighs) Um, And so went in for a DNC. They were going to put me under. It took five anesthesia nurses for me to say, you will give me a spinal block because I'm breastfeeding this baby and I will not pump and dump. You do C-sections every single day. You can do a simple DNC. Um, So they did, but there was a lot of fighting and a lot (sighs) of drama behind it and nobody was happy. Um, and then all the research I did in that hospital, because they put me in the surgical ward, not the maternity ward, even though I had a newborn, um, baby couldn't stay with me. Husband couldn't stay with me. Nightmare recovery story. Um, but all the research I did led to laboring on the back poor postpartum care. I never should have been sent home, um, because my uterus was not closed. So five years later, when we found out we were pregnant with sweet Elizabeth Rose and she is really the only one that we tried for. Um, the boys just came on their own, even like I was on birth control. We were tracking cycles, <laughs> like everything. And they were like, we're here. Yeah. And they're still like that to this day. Determined. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so um, Elizabeth, I had just recovered holistically from thyroid cancer diagnosis. And, um, and we just, we felt very strongly that whether it was adopting a baby or having another baby, that like there was someone else waiting to be a part of our family. Um, and so we said, okay, well, let's give it a try because we've never tried before. Um, and she came in the first month. Wow. Um, and I know that that's not everyone's story. Um, we were very fortunate. And so right away, I knew I needed to do things differently. I needed to feel in control. Um and I think birth, we have this idea that it is very scary and very painful um, and chaotic and that it's a health emergency. And I just really started pouring into my intuition and relying on my midwife's care um, to, to paradigm shift, right? And to really reprogram my ideas around birth that I didn't need to be scared and my body knew what it was doing and I could just kind of separate myself from my body and sit back and watch and be an observer and let my body do what it needed to do. Um, and so my, my midwives really encouraged me. We stripped my membrane twice and it wasn't working. Um, Sean had some travel coming up and so there was a little fear around whether he would be home or not. Um, but Elizabeth was like, no, I'm comfy. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> um, Irma came, I, we wrote out Irma, like wow. super duper pregnant. Um, she turned transverse and then breach. And so we actually didn't know whether she was going to be born a breach baby or head down. Um, but with it being my fourth, I felt very comfortable if she was breech, like my body's ability to be able to to, you know, push her and, you know, let her come out. Mm. Um, and so, but she came out head first, daddy caught her in the bathtub. Mm. Um, progression of labor was, um, I had just kind of let go of everything. I'd done the stripping of the membranes, the enemas, the, 
Um, I did enemas with herbs to, to, to try to dilate. Um, the acupuncture, chiropractic work. I mean, we did it all to like encourage her to come, you know, around her due date. Um, she was actually two weeks, you know, post due date. And mm-hmm. um, people say late, but I think, you know, babies are always right on time. Yeah. Um, and so we were just kind of hanging out at the house after Irma, you know, just enjoying life, trying to do all the things. Yeah. And, and this is the hurricane. Watching. By the way, just so that yeah. I was like, who was Irma? You know, if you're not familiar with yes, hurricane sure. yes, culture and life, Irma, I am a like Florida that. girl. Yes, so, Florida. Um, yes, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I even remember around Irma, you know, being more immersed in the birth world now, um, seeing footage or pictures of, you know, midwives in like little float rafts and things making their way to people's homes for care or for births or whatever it was, births by candlelight and no power. Like Mm -hmm. it happens. Babies will still come in hurricanes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They, they were no joke with me, with Irma. They, you know, they said, because Hurricane Irma went over central Florida. It ended up being a cat four. Yeah. Um, but it hit Tampa as like a five. Mm. Um, and the problem with it was it was really, really slow. Mm. And so we were in the house for days, um, you know, just hanging out. But she was transverse at that point. Um, so I was in a lot of pain, but, you know, side to side. Um, and there was just no room in my belly. And so when Irma, when Irma passed, she when she turned, that was when she went breach. Mm. Um, and we actually later, she had a true knot in her cord. Um, and so even though she was two weeks, you know, past her due date, she was only six pounds, 11 ounces. Oh, wow. And so we do think that that, that knot in her cord happened during the whole Irma pressure turning Mm. situation. Um, and that it did restrict some, some flow for her. Okay. Um, just for growth and her cheek muscles were really weak, which implied that she hadn't been practicing swallowing towards the end. And um, because they, they strengthen their cheek muscles in utero to practice for breastfeeding. Wow. And so hers were very weak. Um, and it just, it just implied that she was kind of like saving her energy, mm. um, which also may have been why like an enema didn't work for dilation or, different things like that. Like she wasn't ready, um, but she was also restricting and trying to conserve her energy if that blood flow was really as restricted as we thought it was. Um, so, so yeah, so her, her birthday, we were at home just hanging out. I ended up watching Julie and Julia, which yeah. is like a, a cooking movie because yeah. I was super, super pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm starving and I can't eat anything. Um, And so I started getting those like low menstrual cramps and I thought to myself, I was like, huh, this is really weird. I haven't had these. So I texted the midwife and she was like, okay, well just let me know like if they turn into contractions. Um, And so they started getting stronger, but still just felt like menstrual cramps. And again, like not having any experience with natural, like the natural progression of labor since my first, which was 10 years prior, I really like was second guessing whether it was labor or not. Mm. Um, so I went ahead and put on like a depends just in case my water broke and started walking around. 
And then it kind of hit me that this was real. And like right around the time that it hit, this was real. I started waking up Sean. Um, this was, you know, we're talking like at around 6, 7 p.m. at night, I started cramping. And then, you know, this is like the midnight hour. Um, go ahead and wake up my mom upstairs who was in town specifically for the birth, which I'm so grateful for. Um, she starts putting, you know, like the hot garlic water on and, you know, starts making tea and, and just bumping around the kitchen. And I'm out walking in the kitchen with her. And then all of a sudden, like I pee myself and I was like, oh my gosh. And labor at this point was not that intense. And that was when I realized that my waters broke naturally, which mm. has never happened. And so then I was like, oh, we're doing this. Right? <laughs> like, I got so excited because I was like, I'm at home. There's no more hurricane. Sean is here. And my waters just broke. Like, we are doing this. Mm. <laughs> so um, called the midwife. She was at another birth. And she was like, okay. I'll be there as soon as I can. Sean has the list of what to do. <laughs> I mean, it was like, we had no idea at that point how fast I would progress. Um, and so she got there at 1240. And I would no, I called her at 1240. She got there at 115. And then we were we labored in the shower, we filled up the bathtub, I labored in the bathtub. Uh, they only checked me once because fetal heartbeat was really strong. And uh, by 2.15, she was born in the bathtub with daddy catching her. Um, and just like we had no idea it was a girl for like seven minutes. You know, I was just so elated that baby was there. And I had that baby in my bathtub and like completely like no intervention, totally in control, like just me and Sean doing our thing. Um, and, and then our, our second Michael, he came up and he was like, is it a boy or a girl? Mm. <laughs> um, so it's just a really beautiful experience. Um, I did tear with her when I didn't tear with the boys. Um, and I actually fractured my sacrum and then my my hips didn't close properly like my sacrum was kind of kicked over to the mm. right and my hips closed over it like the opening of the wings and then the closing of them huh. um and so it left like I just I just left that birth you know a little bit more <laughs> bumped and bruised okay um but I think it was just Sean didn't know to turn her and she did not oh. come out face down or face up. She came out in a really awkward, like her face was to the side. Mm. So when she, when she did come out and he thought he was like catching her properly and they said, okay, turn her. He actually like turned her and the shoulder clipped my lip um, yeah. and pretty much took it off. Like, <laughs> cause she just came right out. Um, and then the back situation, we think it was just a combination of like having labored on my back with three children before mm. her position of being, you know, head down, transverse, breach, head down. Um, and then also an interesting sidebar, when her head came out in the water, even though I've studied water birth, I've watched them, I was fully prepared and aware that she wasn't going to take a breath. 
um, my natural instinct was to lift my hips, like to lift her out of the water. And so just when she was head out, but shoulders still in my body, I like did a full, like almost brought her completely out of the water. And the midwives and Sean and everybody was like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And it was almost instinctual. Like it was a very outer body moment for me because Mm -hmm. I just, I knew her head was out and something in me said she can't breathe. Mm -hmm. Even though like everything about that logically, I knew she wasn't supposed to breathe. Right. Like it wasn't time for that yet. Right. Um, So that was just a really interesting, you know, kind of like, reptilian way my brain took over Hmm. um and you know and like I didn't notice that I had torn I know a lot of women are scared about tearing um it wasn't something I even I even noticed until the midwives told me you know probably an hour after she was born hey they knew that whole time but yeah they, they persuaded and they're like hey we need to go ahead and take care of this for you um and I delivered my placenta without Pitocin, which was also new to me and very empowering because um, it was so easy. And again, there's that like societal delivering your placenta is hard. So we give you Pitocin to make it easier. Hmm. Um, it, and it just like slid right out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when that happened, I was kind of like, why does everybody think that this is so difficult? Um So again, just going back to that, the paradigm shifts with birth and that our bodies really are so incredible and know exactly what to do, even if we don't, right? Even if our mind isn't, isn't there or we're the observer and our bodies just take over. Um, Sean said the only thing about him catching her that he wasn't prepared for, for dads or women that are listening that want to kind of prep their partner, Mm -hmm. um, uh, he wasn't quite prepared that she could come out not head, uh, not face down, right? Mm-hmm. So that was something that was strange for him. But also, when she came out, her plates were overlapped, right, as all babies are. Um, and so once her head exited the birth canal, um, and you have that kind of like pause of of rest, you have a little bit of rest before the rest of the body joins the world, um, her plates moved back into place, Right. And seeing the plates move under the scalp, under the skin, yeah, he had a moment of like freak out. Sure, um, yeah. But that was the that was the only thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you know. I know some guys are like, I don't want to see that, but I think it's different when it's your child, um, and to be also empowering those partners, whether mm-hmm. it's you know father or mother, empowering those partners that are there that this is you get to welcome your child into the world if that's what you wish and all the like blood and guts and gore and like scary stuff that people talk about. Like when you're in that moment of catching your kid, like you do not see it, right? All you see is life. Yeah. And, and I think that that's just something for, for men and, and, or a partner to feel very empowered in that like, this is the life that you're welcoming birth side. So, you know, take that opportunity and do it. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that's our, that's our story. 
Oh, Sarah, that's amazing. And I love how throughout your sharing, you also, I felt like you educated and gave pointers and opportunities and options where, you know, those listening, whether they've experienced birth or preparing for birth the first time, you know, can kind of extrapolate their own you know, thing, like take their own notes on, mm-hmm. you know, to your point mm-hmm. about the partner catching, if that's something that you choose or something you want to have as an option, some conversations you can have and, mm-hmm. you know, the, some of the natural induction or moving along processes or, or even how you were positioned and how you, how you moved and, um, how your physiological responses were were present. I just, I, I, I love the, I felt like there was a beautiful combination of your sharing. So there's very much you in your story. And then there's also where someone can relate or learn or gain better understanding. Yeah, thanks. I think it's just, for me, it's the stories I really wish so much has changed in the birthing world in the last 10 years. You know, my, my oldest is 12 and I felt like I had, um, I had very little resources of what birth really looked like for my first. And I just wish that I had these conversations, you know, more, um, and that the conversations I had weren't just around the pain and the fear and the trauma, um, but that they were more rooted in, you know, here are some things to think about. Right. Um, and that it's, it's beautiful and you'll get through it. And sometimes it goes exactly how we dream. And I have a beautiful home birth in my bathtub. Um, and sometimes you fracture your sacrum, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so it's just remembering um, to have flexibility and grace with yourself also through this process. Yeah. Um, but I, I am so grateful for people like you who are in this space that are, you know, creating the conversation of you can have a home birth at home and it is safe. The midwives, you know, come with everything that they have in the labor and delivery room, save a C-section. And they also tend to be, I feel like my midwife team, we had a team of seven um, and my midwife team was very cautious about whether we needed a C-section and they tend to have, I, my research showed that like home birthing midwives tend to have really beautiful statistics of women that are in true emergency being transferred to hospitals and getting the care that they need well before they would have received that care in the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. But not having unnecessary C-section or unnecessary interventions like the internal fetal monitoring or dissections or things like that. Mm. Um, so I just felt really good with researching the statistics and finding out um, that it was an even safer option for me based on the three births that I had in hospital naturally that were not me being in control. Right. Um, so, and it was a really, you know, save my birth injuries, right. Which can happen to anyone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um it was such an empowering experience and I just, especially first time moms, I want them to have really good informed choices of what their options really are. Yes. Here, here. What are, if you could share one or two 
of either your favorites or that you found recently resources that you would share with mamas listening? Totally. Um, so first resources, I went old school, like Le Boyer, Bradley Method, um, just trying to find really great resources for managing the labor. Um, because again, you know, you'll hear come to the hospital at 10 minutes, you know, every contraction. Um, and I think when we learn the normal look of labor, what it really looks like, and we share that with our partners, they know how to help us manage our pain and we know how to manage our pain and expectations. Um, so doing that, I, I like dabbled in a little bit of hypnobirthing, which I felt really empowered by the affirmations of it. Um, but I did not do a true hypnobirth in that sense, like in the sense of how it's taught. Mm-hmm. Um, but affirmations are really important. I think whether you're saying them aloud to yourself while you're laboring or you have other people saying them or, or beautiful artwork up on the walls that say, you know, I am strong. My body knows how to do this. Baby and I are healthy, like whatever you need to reassure yourself. Um, and as far as like books go, there are some really great natural birth yoga books out there. Birth Light is one that I love. The First 40 Days is a beautiful book on nutrition and postpartum healing. Um, I like Mama Stay, which is written by a doula, um, which just gives some really nice like mindful mama tips while you're pregnant or newly postpartum. Um, and then my biggest thing is finding a tribe that really supports you in community care, um, that it's not just lip service, but the women that will come to your house and clean, um, the women that will bring you meals and care for you, that will tell you their birth stories without fear-mongering, you know, will hold your boob while you're trying to breastfeed. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ones that aren't, they're showing you that these are really great best practices but that there's no shame or judgment if you have to turn to a different path. Um, If you do an emergency C-section, the women that are going to be there because you can't walk up the flight of stairs, they move your bedroom downstairs for you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't breastfeed for whatever reason, or you choose not to, the women that say, Hey, I found this really great goat's milk on sale. Do you want to try it? Right? Like the people that are just truly honestly there for you. And sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's not but finding those people while you're pregnant. So that way they are there for the postpartum care, I think is probably like the biggest resource women can get for themselves. Um, and then of course, like practitioner, making sure you're comfortable with your practitioner, right. um, that, that you are empowered in your choices and mm. that your practitioner also isn't just lip service. Right. Yes. That's a big deal. Yes. Those um, are all yeah. amazing. Thank you. And for, I'll confirm, you know, names and everything with you and I'll make sure that there's links to the things that you reference, so that, you know, if those who listen and want to go check out that book or that person or that thing that you said, I'll have them in the show notes. And then can you, can you bring us on home with uh, ways that listeners can get in touch with you, listen to the show, uh, where's just the best place to find you and anything that you are creating? Yes, absolutely. So right now I hang out the most on Instagram. Um, the Raw is a Mother book, which is an honest guide to the unspoken truths of motherhood. Um, it's a really sweet five by seven, like super short 160 page book. 
Um, it just acts as a guidebook that moms can throw in their purse, take to the playground, take to doctor's appointments. Um, it comes with a journal that's coming out later this fall. Um, and we've got a great publisher. We just had some formatting stuff happen. You know, real life moms got four kids, can't put a deadline on anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> and people are like, when is it coming out? And I'm like, when it comes out. You right. Know, just like a baby. But as far as like just connecting with me, yeah, it's just Sarah B. Bodie. And then the Raw is a Mother podcast is on iTunes. Um, it has its own website, you know, Lipson, um, so people can connect on whatever device they're on. Um, but we just wrapped season two, and I'm recording guests for season three that'll launch next Mother's Day. Um, and I just like having a break for myself with that project, but also being able to record women's stories and then kind of have them all come out together for as a Mother's Day gift to the collective mom. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. And, you know, I welcome any conversations or questions or just connecting happy to happy to be connected. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah Bodie. I appreciate you from one Sarah to another from one home birthing mama to another. I just you're amazing. Thank you. Yes, thanks for having me, Sarah. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.